0: Hello everybody and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. There are many moving parts in a healthcare facility and they all center around providing the best care possible. This requires healthcare professionals to provide great experience to satisfy customer service needs that may come up. And when your customer is the very same person who is in your facility with their health and maybe their lives in your hands, you face a heightened pressure to make sure customer satisfaction is great. Rosemary Kirk is the go-to expert for Upland Software's knowledge management software, Panviva. She creates and presents proofs of concept for Panviva on webinars and at industry conferences, as well as facilitating pre-sales demonstrations to potential clients. She has worked in the knowledge management and customer service space for over 20 years, helping enhance user experiences through high-level project management, employee training, and optimizing contact center operations. Rosemary Kirk, welcome to Connected Knowledge.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So, I, I touched uh, in the intro there uh, about the pressures and complexities of healthcare facilities. Let's kick it off with a, a definition. Define for us what patient access is and how important it is to the user experience in healthcare facilities for delivering great service.
1: Sure. Um, patient access is usually the uh, kind of first point of contact that an individual or a family would have uh, when they're obtaining their medical care and treatment. So it might be something like the front desk representative or the front desk receptionist that gathers uh, information about the patient's demographics, their insurance, that type of thing. It might be the contact center representative that's making outbound calls to verify your appointment, collect payment information, or even uh, reps sending chat or text messages. Um, but we've also seen um, that patient access sort of, I, I like to say, bridges a gap um, between um, kind of the many pieces of the healthcare puzzle. Uh, because, you know, the especially since the Affordable Care Act was instituted, um, there's a lot of different um, aspects of patient wellness. You know, there's insurance, but there's also the facility and the physician and the health record and clinical care and that type of thing. Um, so, we want to make sure that there's that that single spot uh, where patients can feel like um, they're they're interacting with their facilities and interacting with their healthcare um, in in an easy to uh, easy to, to um, manage type of way, especially like you said, you know, some of these scenarios and situations are are scary, you know, and life threatening. So uh, they want to make sure that 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 there's that connection there.
0: Can I can I share a uh, horror story? Sure. Uh, that that I feel like might be in the realm of what we're talking about. My father-in-law has a, a replaced knee. Right, he had his knee replaced, and his before he went in for his surgery, his doctor's office called him and confirmed no fewer than six times that it was his right knee that needed to be replaced. And he thought this was ridiculous until he went to the hospital and heard from another nurse that the uh, a, a surgery four months ago, somebody had entered the knee wrong and replaced the wrong knee on a real patient because the doctors did not have the actor the surgeons did not have the accurate information from the physician who treated him. And somewhere along the way, that data was lost. That's a real thing that happens, Rosemary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say with a shocked look on my face. So I you know, like I, I feel like I present that horror story, but really, this impacts patient experiences in a significant way.
1: Absolutely. Um, because I mean, you know, as time and technology has advanced, and obviously we had a little thing called a pandemic, um, you know, patients I don't have know become, what you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> patients um, have now become more, I think, empowered. Uh, to be able to kind of take control of uh, where and when they receive their care. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's almost like patients have turned into consumers. And so now, you know, a consumer can judge how effective a healthcare center is based on that care experience. You know, so again, a hospital might have the best, you know, orthopedic surgeon in the state. But if that patient is struggling with scheduling and referral coordination and billing and kind of, to your point, good old customer service, they'll go find another surgeon.
0: Can you can you rate hospitals on Yelp? Is that a thing? Is that do I even want to broach that topic? Uh,
1: there are what, there are patient satisfaction scores, <laughs> and and patients are do not hesitate to let people know.
0: Oh, bad! This I'll doctor bet.
1: was great, but like, to your point, you know they called me eight times to try to yeah. figure out what knee it is, and really, you don't know what knee it is. You know that a yeah. thing. <laughs>
0: well, and, and I think that's the that gets to the nut of this question, like why do healthcare facilities? need connected knowledge? And and potentially, why haven't they, why haven't these systems been integrated better?
1: I, I think for the first part of the question, it, they, obviously, the connected knowledge ensures that people have the, you know exactly the same information that they need when they need it, mm-hmm. um, and so if a healthcare organization establishes a, na- a a knowledge base that's truly that single source of truth, then not only can all the associates have access to the same info, but patients can have access to the same information regardless of the channel that they use. So what maybe typically got answered by, you know, different departments can now be consistent, you know, whether the patient's talking to an agent or scrolling through a website or interacting with a, with a chat bot. Um, And so what I think, what I've seen is that connected knowledge can help um, and kind of instill that patient confidence and reassures them that, you know, the information is, you know, that's being provided is accurate and, and trustworthy. Um, that being said, um, healthcare systems or healthcare industry traditionally tends to be kind of behind in knowledge management technology. You know, a, a hospital will spend time and money on things like you know medical equipment and research, and not that those are bad things. Um, but if you take a look at their contact center, it kind of looks like a snapshot from the nineties. You know, trainers are still creating PowerPoint presentations and job aids and quick reference guides, and, you know, agents are putting patients on hold, and there's a team of subject matter experts manning some sort of helpline and, and those types of things. So I think impl- implementing something like connected knowledge would not only bring all of that information together, but deliver it in such a way that allows the associates to be as as efficient as possible. And I've always been a believer of, you know, happy employee make happy customers. And I think that (laughs) applies to the patients too. You know, it'll increase the confidence of the associate and therefore increase the confidence of of the patient.
0: Can you comment on how connected knowledge helps sort of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, grease the skids toward Compliance with digital records, uh, uh, you know, sharing digital records, giving patients access to digital records. I mean, you you drop some of those terms, but I'm constantly frustrated that uh, at the, the few hospitals in my area and, and care centers in my area that give me access to my digital record uh, in, a, in a mobile way.
1: Yeah, what I'm what I'm tending tending to see now is that you know integrations are are connected with with the health records, so then you can get access to that information. But then there's also that knowledge base that that system that has things like the policies and the scripts and step by step instructions and sure. and those types of things. And so what I tend to see is that knowledge bases themselves don't tend to have personal information in them. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like an agent shouldn't be able to look up Pete Wright in their knowledge management system. Um, However, if the integrations are done correctly and that connected knowledge is there, then the right people get access to the right info in the right circumstance. Um, So an agent may not necessarily be able to just have quick access to your medical record. But through authentication, it recognizes that you are you and therefore you have rights to access that type of information,
0: which goes straight to customer satisfaction. If if they through a gated authentication are able to give me access to the information I need at point of need, that makes me happy.
1: Uh, Yeah. So those that knowledge management system, again, isn't going to have any of that that personal health information in it. No. um, But it's going to have everything that, say, an agent needs to ensure that they're verifying the patient's identity correctly. Um, You know, everything from, you know, when your dad went in for that operation, probably several people at several points asked him. What's your name? What's your date of birth? You know, those types of things. Um, So it's just ensuring that all of those regulations are in place and delivered to the associates in such a way that it's easy for them to be able to access and still be compliant, but still to your earlier point, maintain that customer service. Maintain that right. feeling of oh, I'm not just a number, you know, on a on a tray being moved, you know, through the next surgeon line, kind of a thing. I, I'm you know I'm an actual person, uh, but I recognize that these rules are in place for a reason, and, and those types of things.
0: So for for facilities who have yet achieved connected knowledge, what are the kinds of things that you're seeing that they're running into? What are the ceilings that they're bumping their heads on?
1: They're scared. They're nervous. Um, Like I mentioned before, healthcare industry tends to be a little behind when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, So they're just
0: nervous about the change in general.
1: I think it's nervousness about the change. It's nervous about trusting, trusting the content, trusting the associates. Um, You know, their healthcare facilities, based on my experience, still very much function in silos. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this um, idea of, oh, well, my department does it this way that department can do it a completely different way. Yes, there are regulations that sort of oversee, you know, all of it, but you're going to get a different experience if you go to location A versus location B, which mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. It should be, you know, especially of a, an overarching healthcare facility type thing. So I think that there's, there's uh, again, nervousness about whether the information they have is up to date. Is it accurate? Is it appropriate? Is it even documented? We still have a lot of healthcare industries or healthcare facilities out there that have, you know, people who have been doing the job 10, 20, 30 years. So it's all in their head. It's all more of um, Mm -hmm. what a colleague of mine calls tribal knowledge as opposed to thinking about knowledge as being collective rather than individual. Um, You know, the associates will have more confidence if they know that everything at their fingertips is up-to-date and accurate and appropriate. um, And they can be empowered to be able to convey that information. Um, I mean, I've I've heard on plenty of your podcasts before talking about, you know, the the stress of of contact center workers, right? You know, sitting there for eight hours, taking calls and making sure that they're under four minutes and all this uh, other stuff with all of this kind of scary conversation going on about whatever the medical procedure might be and, and those types of things. So to have that same issue, that same agent who's, you know, hearing the six seconds kind of tick away in their ear, um, they're hopping from screen to screen. They're trying to find information that I think I saw it yesterday, but I don't remember where it lives or what it, what it's called and all of that sort of, sort of thing. So it's just, I think taking the time to really think about what that associate needs at their fingertips and, Mm -hmm. and finding the best solution to be able to deliver that. Um, so you're kind of lessening that, that cognitive load on that. That poor agent and ensuring that the customer service is, is there.
0: Right. Well, and, and it feels so much like healthcare facilities are sometimes Legos, uh, uh, built out of Legos of clinics that have come together over years Absolutely. and whose systems are not tied together. And it feels like there might be a sense of loss of control by giving up some of the the barriers between systems. But something we've talked about time and again on this show, is how important it is to give the agents the information they need to be able to act at point of need, as I just said. And that's something from a knowledge management perspective that I feel like might be a significant challenge, because I think the complaints we hear from from people, just ask anybody, the complaints you hear from people about going to a healthcare facility is, to your point earlier, you have to tell them, your name, your social security number, your phone number, your address, which knee it is nine times before you actually are transferred to the clinic that needs to actually do the work. And that's something that I feel like finding out where those transoms are between handing off system to system is something that knowledge management and connected knowledge is uniquely suited for, even in a space of security gated authentication uh, those sorts of environments am i saying anything that sounds like a lie to you
1: no I, that's completely spot on that's that's absolutely what we're seeing as well and and especially because lately you know there's been such high turnover um, I mean yeah. a lot of industries but healthcare in particular um, I mean we mentioned you know the pandemic earlier yeah. I, I think uh, during that time a lot of um, different occupations sort of got labeled as essential. And some of those folks sitting in contact centers working for those healthcare industry, you know, healthcare facilities, they weren't really feeling the love. Yeah. Um, so when it reached a point where it was like, you know, you still want me to take all these calls and yet remember all this stuff and click around, yet smile, you know, and make sure that you're you're doing this for your patient satisfaction scores and all this yeah. sort of stuff. They just and they watch just, the
0: clock, but don't watch the clock, right? right.
1: Right, right. And, and the number of contact centers that I've worked in—too many to to mention, and too many years to mention—but um, there's always that common saying of, you know, they're the front line. You know, they're yeah. they're the they're the face of the industry. They're the face of the organization. You know, that type of thing. And I think honestly, if that were true, then healthcare leadership would give the reps the respect that they deserve, but also provide them the tools that they need to, to work effectively.
0: Can you give me, I mean, you work with a lot of organizations in your day job. Can you give me a use case? Can you give me a, an, an example of, uh, of a healthcare facility that's just nailing it?
1: Uh, yeah, we've got, actually, I, I spoke uh, earlier this week with a, uh, a customer down in Georgia. Uh, their uh, contact center service levels have jumped. Um, they were in the 50s. Before they implemented, and now they're in the 90s. Wow. Uh, we've got quite a few healthcare facilities, especially large hospitals, that are reducing their training time. You know, sometimes shaving off two weeks, which is an eternity when you're thinking about sometimes, you know, sometimes in training, especially yeah. with high, the high turnover, you wanna make sure that people feel like they're confident and, and that they're not just gonna give up halfway through training and kind of walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I've been seeing, uh, especially again over the last probably two or three years, Healthcare organizations are trying to steer away from that concept of having a nesting period, you know, go, go and sit and listen to this rep take calls for days, if not yeah. weeks, you know, type of a thing. Um, sometimes it's just not logistically possible anymore, but it's also sometimes just a, a waste of time. Um, so I think, you know, connected knowledge and, and the, the solutions that we have kind of enable that, that shift to kind of reduce the training time, focus on more of concepts, you know, rather than everybody click OK, you know, that type of thing um, and, and getting away from things like the PowerPoints and everything, having everything all in, in one spot, because um, as I said before, you know, having that having that kind of collective knowledge as opposed to an individual, you know, what it, how, it, how does Jane do it versus how does Judy do it, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think the new hire now has a lot more confidence right away because they know that everything that they need is at their fingertips, regardless of the scenario that might happen.
0: That's the that's the the money point right there. And in my days in the call center, it was uh, the reason I would nest is because so much of the institutional knowledge was being fed to me for my memory. Right. It was being fed to me because I had to know it inside and out. And now to start, I don't have to know it. I need to know how to get it. Yes. And that's a very different skill absolutely very different skill that's that's beautiful let's talk about doing an I- integration how do you how do you start a, a healthcare organization given all of the complexities and challenges that we have what's 8am day 1 look like
1: yeah, I think, um, and I think that goes back to that nervousness. I think a lot of yeah. healthcare organizations get kind of scared. Um, you know, they like the idea of collected knowledge and having knowledge management tools and such, but there's this sort of fear. Um, you know, I I hear constantly somebody say, well, you know, this is how many documents we have now. So how long will it take to migrate into the new knowledge management system type thing? And it, it doesn't always work that way. Um, the, mm-hmm. the way that I tend to think of it is, you know, we all have that, that drawer in the kitchen that collects random things, chip clips, you know, rubber bands, ketchup packets, you know, that kind of thing. Um, If you buy a new house and you're moving, you don't typically just take that drawer and dump it into a new drawer in your kitchen. You usually take the time to kind of go through and see like, what do you need? What do you need to throw away? You know, what are you keeping? You know, where what can live in a different spot? Um that's you. your
0: regular rosemary condo right now. I,
1: <laughs> but that's typically how I look at things like implementing knowledge management. Yeah. Is it's not a lift and shift. You know, and that mentality I think is is slowly starting to go, you know, to the, to the wayside when it comes to healthcare industries, I think they're starting to kind of realize that, you know, garbage in, garbage out, you know, kind of thing where you really should look at, you know, what does that associate need at their fingertips? Um, But also do things like, you know, have buy-in. I think a lot of times the leadership role is kind of overlooked, meaning that they go and they buy this cool thing, you know, this new knowledge management system. And then they sort of send out a memo that says, all right, we're we're now implementing this, go. But then you never hear from them again, Mm -hmm. where I think there should be this sort of, What's in it for me? Perspective from everybody else that has to use that system, coming from the leadership of, you know, this is what our vision is of knowledge management and connected knowledge. Uh, this is what success should look like. Um, you know, the, getting buy-in from everybody on every level of the org chart. You know, so it becomes more of a new culture as opposed to a shiny new tool that they're that they're utilizing.
0: Getting getting the people who actually have to touch the thing every day to to answer the question, how do you see this working? Right, like how do you see it working for you? Um, And letting
1: them know that it is working. You know, if they're seeing things like the increased patient satisfaction scores or um, better service levels and everything, then you know, don't give them a cheesy gift card or you know potluck dinner or something like that. Like actually acknowledge that you know your hard work and utilizing these tools that we've given you kind of a thing is now equaling this type of success. So I think it it sustains that that motivation and and that um that buying.
0: Well, and and uh, you know to your earlier point, patient sat is is one thing and it's it's great to watch those numbers go up, but how soon do you find or or do you find these best in class healthcare facilities, you know, reporting on any sort of connective tissue between connected knowledge and retention, right? Like we're keeping the most important people, our frontline call center workers on calls because they like their jobs better because they have the tools they need.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing uh, people being able to, to really start measuring return on investment anywhere from as early as 30 days after implementation to, you know, 60 or maybe 90 days. So they're able to instantly kind of see that, oh, now that you know they have all of that at their fingertips, they're still taking the call in four minutes, but they're not—they're not putting anybody on hold though. It's a better yeah. conversation, um, and that's actually something that I'm—I'm I'm welcoming a lot of healthcare facilities because we've had a couple that have come to us saying, "You know what? We're not even going to look at the AHT anymore. You know, at the handle time.
0: Yeah, we handle jo- time. Sure. We—we
1: want to make sure that the patient is getting every question that they might have answered and that they're reassured that they don't think we might mess up the right knee from the left. You know, those types of things. So a lot of times there's there's that, again, it's a culture shift, but it's got to come from the leadership down of, you know, hmm. it's it's okay, you know, that the first call resolution number will go up because that patient's getting everything they need in that in that one interaction, as opposed to calling back and being like, ah, I don't think Pete knew what he was talking about. So can you answer this question for me too? And Those types of things.
0: How dare you besmirch my reputation, Rosemary? We (laughs) (laughs) just—I'm trying trying my best. I'm smiling and I'm watching the clock. Uh, All right, well, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about Upland's entry into this space. Right? You work on Upland's knowledge management product. Tell us all about it and how it can help achieve these goals for our healthcare facility partners.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, Upland actually has three different knowledge management products. Um, One is called BA Insight. Uh, It's kind of a web-like advanced search for the entire enterprise. Um, It kind of deploys searches within the organization's existing infrastructure, and so it can kind of produce what they call a single index uh, with all the kind of required information, um, but it also can do things like federated search uh, in like document management and files and such. So we tend to see that being used a lot in like legal uh, industries, uh, life sciences, those types of things. Uh, we've got another great product called Right Answers. Um, That is a kind of KCS methodology, verified type uh, knowledge management software. Uh, It's got a great AI-enabled search, um, so it can also crawl through different repositories and such. But it also can integrate with things like ServiceNow, uh, JIRA, Zendex, that type of thing. Um, And it really allows users to kind of collaborate through things like community forums and kind of work together to create and improve the knowledge together, you know, collectively. Um, We tend to see that that's often... uh, widely used and, and, and quite appreciated and successful in like tech support, product support, you know, those mm-hmm. types of things, um, industries that are looking to um, improve things like resolution time or maybe increase their self-service. Um, but as you mentioned before, I've been working with uh, for a little over a decade now uh, with the other knowledge management product called Panviva. Uh, that's a more process guidance type of a knowledge management solution. Um, and it's definitely designed more for compliance. Um, so we're, we're very popular in highly compliant industries like finance and healthcare, um, but it's a system that's often used as the training manual and that on-the-job resource. Um, and it really uh, kind of goes back to the topic we talked about before, where associates feel empowered to be able to confidently and consistently answer the very complex questions that come in an ever-changing, you know, highly compliant uh, industry. So uh, we also have these great APIs that can then uh, deliver knowledge through the chatbots, IVRs, websites, you know, other digital channels. So it's really recognizing kind of the, the different audience and the different channels that they may utilize, but like we said before, keeping that information consistent and connected.
0: I think that that is the the greatest surprise when you see the connected knowledge. You, you drop IVR and it has such a stereotype about just being bad and frustrating. They're getting really good now. They're getting really good, getting good now. They're getting yes. so good. And you can tell, like you call a financial institution or a hospital and you get the IVR and you realize, oh, my gosh, it just answered my question that is right. amazing I feel better that I was able to do it and I I found the person or the clinic I needed right away it's it's, it's stunning this is this I I don't I'm irrationally exuberant about <laughs> knowledge management after we record these episodes I'm so grateful for you being here rosemary thank you so much
1: it's absolutely my personal, my pleasure
0: where uh, so I'm gonna put links to we'll go ahead and put links to all the things you dropped uh, right here, but do you have any any specific uh, uh, points of interest that you'd like to make sure we highlight uh, for people specifically in the healthcare space uh, we can put in the show notes?
1: Uh, well, I think, you know, a, a lot of the information that we've been talking about has been kind of general to, to knowledge management, but yeah. uh, specifically, I think that that solution that we discussed of, of Panviva has been really something that's been helping um, healthcare industries in, in the U.S. Uh, you know, really become successful with uh, not, not only their knowledge management initiative, but really kind of stepping into the 21st century. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. like we talked about before, that patient confidence, you know, th- they they might not even know that a hospital has best in class, you know, equipment because all they're seeing is somebody rifling through a PowerPoint or, or yeah, hearing the paper shuffle when they're talking on the phone and yeah. they're scared that they don't know the right knee from the left. Um, so I think that, that uh, you know, Panviva has been uh, pretty integral in helping a lot of healthcare facilities kind of bring all of that together and, and improve a number of different metrics. Uh, like we said, patient, not only patient satisfaction, but the training and, the uh, you know, attrition and all of those types of things too.
0: Wonderful. Rosemary Kirk, thank you so much. Thank you. And we appreciate all of you, fair listeners, for downloading and listening to this show. Thank you all for your time and your attention. We'd love to hear what you think. Just swipe up in your show notes and look for the feedback link to send questions to us or any of our past guests, and we will do our best to get them answered. We've got questions coming in, and I think... I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I think we have a Q&A episode coming. We have enough questions for a whole episode answering questions from past episodes. So keep those questions coming. Let's build up a nice uh, repertoire of questions that we can ask our past guests. Thank you, everybody. On behalf of Rosemary Kirk, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Connected Knowledge.